Welcome to Full Rigor, your Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and today I have the honor of being joined by the West Palm Beach Fire Chief, Diana Maddie. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, and you? So impressive to have you here. Uh, you, I'm well, thank you. And you started with the West Palm Beach Fire Department in 1994 at the age of 18. That's right. And you worked your way up the ranks. Now you're the chief. How many, how many people are you the chief of? About 240. That's so exciting. Uh, and, and the fact that you're a woman is also extremely exciting. I wanted to talk to you today about when you were back in the field as a paramedic and as a firefighter. Florida has the craziest 911 dispatch calls. And I want to talk a little bit about problems that some people don't understand that they need to remain calm on the phone and cell phones versus landlines, that kind of thing. But also, that always works when you tell somebody to stay calm. Yeah. Right? Oh, please calm down, ma'am. You find kids though are more calm because they don't understand the seriousness sure. of the circumstance, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to play this little kid. She's so adorable. This is. Uh, she's more worried about what she's going to wear than. <laughs> but she's helping her dad. Wrong. Um, my dad can't hardly breathe. Okay, hold on a second. Okay. Okay. How old are you? I'm five years old. He need to come real fast. I got him on the way, so. We're in our jammies, and I'm in a TikTok, so I'll have to get dressed. Okay. I know what I'm going to wear, but he really needs oxygen real fast. Yeah, so kids, how, what age should you teach your kid how to dial 911? I mean, I, I think as soon as they know their numbers. You know, as soon as they can identify what numbers are, that's that's very important. Yeah, she's five, so she knew what was going on. Her dad was having uh, heart issues. So she's trying to help her family, but this Florida guy calls 911 in 2014 to say that he just took out his whole family and he's going to kill himself. Yes, ma'am. I, I, um, I just shot my daughter and shot all my grandkids, and I'll be sitting on my step. And when you get here, I'm going to shoot myself. What is the address that you're at, sir? 20 spirits. <laughs> they're, they're, every one of them are dead. So as, as a paramedic firefighter, and this comes over as a call, what is going through your mind? This was in Florida. And they arrived and they found him. He had shot himself to death. Yeah, that, that's sometimes what they do. They, they, uh, if, if not, they try to do the suicide by cop thing. But for us... When You're we, not armed. No. When we know, when, when it comes in as a violent scene, uh, we stage and let the police do their thing to secure the scene before we go in. So if we have that information, if we don't have that information, you know, we are taught to have situational awareness and pay attention to our surroundings and always have somebody, um, you know, we all have radios, you know, years ago, we only the, the company officer had a radio. So there's only one. So now all of the firefighters have a radio. Most people have a phone in their pocket and, you know, uh, when somebody's got a gun and you're unarmed, I mean, run. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just, unbel- do you think that paramedics should be armed? That's a very controversial one. Um, it just, I think it depends on the area. I mean, we're saturated with law enforcement here. I think in some of those rural environments, you know, in, in North Florida and the Panhandle where there's there's no help anywhere near you, that, that might be a consideration right. for a fire chief to undertake to be armed. 
It was like with the Parkland shooting, you know, you had the police that weren't going in and you had paramedics that wanted to go in, but they weren't, you know, it was just, and that was a whole crazy nightmare because you had one umbrella of 911 calls going to one department and the other going to the other department. So that can get a little screwy. West Palm Beach, though, you pretty much know when a 911 call comes into West Palm Beach that it's... West Palm Beach, and that's half the battle. And we do we do a pretty good job. We our uh, the fire department's dispatched by Palm Beach County Fire Rescue, so but they integrate really well with um, with West Palm uh, Police Dispatch, so they can connect the calls to each other, and, and there's very little issues. I wanted to ask you with the coronavirus going on right now. There was there's a woman in Italy who's stuck in her apartment with her dead husband. He's been dead since Monday. She's out in the balcony screaming, but because of the quarantine, they can't get in there. They said they're going to get in there, perhaps. Uh, this morning but as a firefighter and a paramedic when you get the call for something like this that's a contagious disease how do you deal with that and i mean is what about being shut in with your dead husband that's crazy uh, i i had not heard that one that's but that's new. that is new and crazy but um, nothing ceases to amaze me with what's going on around the world right now um but as far as what we do this is no different than any other infectious disease that we're trained to respond to so tuberculosis i mean we've done sars we've done ebola we've done a lot of training and we get you know we get trained in school when you're in paramedic school or emt school how to put the stuff on when you get on the fire department you just uh the supplies are on the truck and you wear them for the appropriate call so it's really nothing new for us i think probably some departments are wearing booties on their feet just to minimize contamination and things like that but we're taught to do this anyway right i mean you well you're the first line of defense though for it it, do people are people calling nine one one saying I've got the coronavirus? I don't believe we've had any specific, you know, self diagnoses of it, but we are taking every patient um, as they come, measuring their temperature uh, right away, evaluating them for flu-like symptoms, dispatches even screening the calls ahead of time. You know, for anybody that has those types of shortness of breath, flu-like symptoms, fever, uh, right, right on the front end, so that the the medics know, hey, let's gown up before we go in. And then take an extra precaution when we take the the gear off, because one of the things that was going on in Africa when the when the Ebola outbreak was going on is that the healthcare providers were getting it and they were finding that it was the doffing process, the taking off of the equipment, because that's when they were most vulnerable. They have dirty stuff on, and they they weren't taking the proper steps. So they were exposing themselves as they took off their protective gear. Correct. Correct. So that's what we're trying to make sure that we, we put the gear on appropriately, treat the patient, decontaminate, then take the gear off appropriately. Well, live and learn, I guess. Unfortunately for those folks in Africa, yeah. So there was a call in Coral Springs. The 911 dispatcher was in trouble. Well, actually, the the head of the dispatch was watching Netflix. I guess they can't do that anymore. They can't stream Netflix anymore. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, right. So they stopped doing that. But the 911 call was mishandled. This was June 8th, 2019. And as a woman, she was calling to report a shooting, and they mislabeled it as a suspicious incident rather than a drive-by shooting. Here's the first first of three calls. 911, what is your emergency? Um, I'm just, something happened. I'm sitting in my car and I was about to turn and, and something just, um, something shot through and hit the back windshield to the front windshield. It almost hit my head. Second dispatcher uh, took the call and the the description in, in the call, the, the shattered window, 
the fact that a projectile had hit the steering wheel uh, should have caused her to at least bring it to the supervisor's attention. So that was the Coral Springs police chief after the 911 call explaining that it should have been brought to attention. And this woman, she ended up driving herself to the police department because nobody showed up. Oh, wow. And then she has a hole in her windshield from a bullet. So it turned out the shift supervisor again was watching Netflix, and this also happened. 911, what is the emergency? I just called the police, like, maybe, like, not a few good minutes ago, and they're still not here, and I just got shot at in the car. When the original call came in, it was uh, mislabeled as a suspicious incident when it should have been labeled a shooting. Clearly, that's something that we don't want. We changed that policy. We blocked the ability to stream live video so we've made those changes immediately that is crazy yeah so that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in west palm beach i'm sure especially under your watch um what's some of the craziest stuff that's happened to you as a paramedic in the field and how does a 911 operator help you i know they can help deliver babies i mean they have to be psychiatrists they have to be OBGYNs. they have to be heart specialists absolutely they have to be jacks of all trades so um a lot of dispatchers are, are called EMD, so emergency medical dispatch trained. So they can talk people through CPR and bleeding control and, you know, some other basics of, of uh, first aid. And really their, their role in, in a real crisis is to keep the caller on the phone so they can have constant updates of what's going on. So a lot of times we would end up getting there and then dispatch is still on the phone. All right, right. we got it. And then they can hang up. So they can, you can find them easier when they stay on the phone. Well, they can provide, you know, hey, I hear the sirens, and it's keeping the, the either the, the 911 caller, that's in. the patient calm, give them the appropriate directions, because a lot of these complexes are difficult to, to oh, navigate yeah. through. I can't even find my way home. <laughs> I mean, and stop the bleed, that's a new thing, right? Sure, sure, and, and, and stop the bleed, you can, they can give the directions for, like I said, hemorrhage control over the phone, which, you know, some people are hesitant to touch things like that, but, you know. A tourniquet uh, can save a life. Absolutely, and a tourniquet could be made out of a scarf, a pair of pants, a sock, you know, anything, but people might not be thinking that in the moment, but that's where the dispatcher can come in and provide a little more uh, direction to that to that 911 caller. We're speaking with the West Palm Beach Fire Chief, Diana Maddy, and I want to talk to you a little bit about 911 calls and dispatchers and how important they are, and sometimes they do screw up, but most of the time they save lives. But the difference between, now, less and less people have a landline. I know I don't have a landline at home, but you're able to get an address unless the information is wrong in terms of how it's been put in the system where your address is, they can usually find you unless there's like two park streets or something. But a cell phone is different because there's triangulation. Sure. And, you, and people need to know, you, they need to know their address. Well, they also kind of, when you when you make a 911 call, kind of have an idea of where you are. If you can, you know, give some landmarks, give some cross streets, whatever you see. And it's, and it's just situational awareness. But in that moment, people are so... Um, well, they Just may be nervous or confused or whatever. They may be the one injured. But there was a guy stroking out in a hotel. He didn't know the address of the right, hotel. Right. He could barely talk. And they're like, we can't get to you until you tell us where you are. So what is it that you're looking for, sir? An ambulance. I'm busy. My face is going numb. So what is your address, sir? I'm at the Thompson Chicago Hotel. So I need you to look on a business card or something and see what the address is, sir. I'm so dizzy, I can't stand up. I'm Thompson Chicago Hotel. 
I understand, sir, but I'm not there. You are. So I need you to help yourself here a little bit and get us an address so that we can get you an ambulance. I finally got frustrated and I hung up from 911. And I'm now lying in the bed, stealing, staring at the ceiling, thinking, this is it. Right, but where do you find the address of the hotel? That's right. On the phone. Uh, in the it's room. The it's always on the face of the phone in the room. Okay. You know, and on the on the um the room service thing. Ah, and know and know your own phone number. That's, That's important. That's a good one. That's a good one. Know your name, know your address. And teach your kids that. Don't just teach them 911. Teach them where you live. I remember 9135 Millcliff Drive. I was four in Ohio. Because <laughs> it rhymed. <laughs> Still remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's all very important stuff. And, and people take it for granted that the average person knows where they are. It's true. But with cell phones and landlines going away and cell phones really being dominant, is has that been a hindrance for you? A, a lot of times it's uh, the hindrance comes on the interstate. Uh, one of the things that happens in West Palm a lot is Okeechobee Boulevard ah. and Okeechobee Road, which Oke- and we have the big o- difference. The Okeechobee in Fort Pierce for all you Okeechobee lonely truckers, Road, and then there's Old Okeechobee Road in West Palm, and then there's Okeechobee Boulevard. So we sometimes have that mix up, and then um, just the typical people not knowing what exit they're near on I ninety five and. Well, know. without the cell phone, though, years ago, you that was even harder for people to contact you oh sure dial 911 so now you must have more calls from the road oh we have a lot of calls that are from well-intentioned people uh that call in for it could be someone homeless sleeping on the sidewalk it could be you know any number of things it could be an overheated car and they call it in as a car fire so we get a lot of um misinformation from well-intentioned people like this 57 year old florida man who called 911 three times asking for a ride to the liquor store this is 911 you need a ride yes to the liquor store this is the sheriff's um okay you're gonna have to call somebody else sir you called 911 we can't come give you a ride even the sheriff said she give me a ride. Now. The sheriff said they give you a ride to the liquor store? That's correct. Wrong. <laughs> Interesting Wrong. how she kept her composure. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that? Poor guy. I mean, gosh, he, he needs to get in a 12-step program like yesterday. But uh, he ended up being arrested. Now, you can be arrested for abusing 911, That's right? right. Yes. We've had several over the years that you were just... Uh, abusing the system and and that's what they end up getting charged with and then they'll go the police get involved and things like that so um you know this one particular person just repeatedly repeatedly calling 911 and he just wanted to hang out with the medics in his house oh lord is that a misdemeanor i believe so yeah some woman there were two cops that showed up and one was cute and she called 911 back to find out who he was oh my gosh <laughs> But finally, you had a call. You you were talking about an accident on 95 is how it came over. And it oh, turned sure. out to be what? It, well, it, it was, you know, two or three in the morning. It, you know, it's dark out. We're, we're going to this auto accident on 95. And as we get closer to this auto accident on 95, we start seeing a color change in the sky. And as we come up over the crest of the hill at right by the zoo, oh, we boy. see that it's a tank truck. A glow. A glow, a tank truck with about you know, 9,000 gallons of gasoline burning. So you need so, the foam truck from the airport at this point. Actually, we, we ended up calling the foam truck from yep. the airport. So it turned into much bigger than 
uh, an, an auto accident. A signal, so. what, a signal four? We had it to call like, a bunch of our friends to come help with that one. I love the signal calls. The signal four is the accident. Signal seven, dead body. And signal 69, livestock on the road. Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> signal 69 is good. Uh, well, wrapping up, I'm sure things changed as well after the Parkland shooting uh, on Valentine's Day two years ago. This was one call that was came in from a mom. Hello, 911 member. Hey, my son is in Stillman Douglas High School. He said he heard noises and talks, and he thinks there's a shooting going on at the school. Okay, we do have police on scene at the school. Police is on scene there. Is it secure? We don't have that information as yet. I asked what he said he's locked in the math class. Okay, he's locked. Okay, just tell him to stay locked in that room. Yeah, so sometimes the dispatcher obviously doesn't know what's going on, and you've got someone going, is it secure? I mean, that's just The, the dispatchers have to maintain their composure, and um, unfortunately, they, they have to imagine what these people are talking about. So we, we didn't know the layout of Stoneman Douglas, and, and the dispatcher probably couldn't even picture what the school looked like. So they're having to imagine where are the bathrooms, where are the hallways, and all those things. So they have to have a creative mind to at least even be able to envision what, what 911 callers are talking well, about. Well, now they have cameras in the schools, and they feed directly back to the 911 dispatch so they can see exactly what they're talking about. They change that. They can do, um, also, they have the traffic cameras on 95. So that's another evolution um, of, of how they're responding responding or how they're dealing with it they're just not on the phone in a little room they have eyes sometimes on what's happening but another change that's come out of some of these bigger events is that the 911 dispatchers are being included in the post-incident action plans of the so where they bring in they find out what did you do what did you hear um, what actions did you take and then in the um, dispatchers also can get PTSD from that stuff. So they're oh, in the counseling yeah. sessions afterwards. So they're included in all that as a first responder because they really are, you know, the ears of the, the situation early on. And they feel just as much pain as the, the actual responders that are on scene. Right, well, they might hear a shooting. They might hear children crying. Sure. They might hear screaming. Having emergency. Oh, my mom and daddy having a fight. Uh, is he getting It's really tough to handle. Um, my mom is in the basement, and um, I need emergency. Let me speak to your mom. No, she's almost dead. Mommy! Where are we at? They're hearing more of the of the horror, you know, right in their ear than maybe the firefighters or the the police that get there after the yeah, incident has concluded. It's real time. Sure. So the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says the dispatcher training can be about three to six months. That's a lot to complete. CPR certification, completion of an emergency medical dispatch course. Uh, you need a degree in public safety, criminal justice, homeland security, emergency management. <laughs> I mean, gosh. Well, think about what they You're do. Everything. They're everything from, you know, dealing with shootings to psych patients to dealing with, you know, uh, the waters rising in my house because of the hurricane or you name it. 
I think there was a woman things. that called in. I'm, I'm, I drove into a pond or a puddle, a canal, and I, my car is sinking, and the, the 911 dispatcher is chastising her for driving into the water. And she ends up drowning, by the way. This wasn't in Florida, but right. it was just a horrific story. I'm gonna die. It's all the way up to my windows. I'm gonna die. I'm sorry. I'm scared. I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Well, this, will te- this will teach you next time don't drive in the water. Couldn't see it, ma'am. I'm sorry, or I wouldn't. Have. I don't see how you didn't see it. You had to go right over it. So these people are out. They can all see me. They're all standing out there watching. Miss Debbie, you're gonna have to shut up, okay? I need oh, you to listen. Listen to me. The Arkansas woman eventually drowned in her vehicle, and law enforcement took the side of the dispatcher. She did nothing criminally wrong. I'm not even going to go so far as to she violated policy. O M G. Oh my God. But the one thing you don't do is call and hang up. Uh, drop calls are a problem because they will call you they back. They will call you back. Like So um, I dispatched uh, briefly when I was – they used to – they needed dispatchers, so they would hire um, us to come over and, and sit the panels, and you get a lot of purses, a lot of purses. Oh. Yep. You hear keys. You hear jingling oh. around. and you're, Butt you're, dials. So that's not illegal, though, is it? You won't be charged. No, 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 no. It's just accidental, but you have to make sure because sometimes people will turn on a phone so the dispatcher will listen to Uh, the husband being, you know, getting ready to attack or, you know, whatever those situations are. People can just dial 911 and the dispatcher listens. Yeah, and you have a whisperer. Maybe someone's in the house. Right. Like the famous 911 call Nicole Brown Simpson made about OJ. 8252 
Well, West Palm Beach Fire Chief Diana Maddie, such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us Absolutely. on Full Rigor. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate all that you do in our city. Thank My you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Full Rigor. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.